to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again, welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm Roma Press Editor John Solano. So just want to jump right into this. Uh, it's a long podcast with Annie and myself. We're going to go over the the result against Sesca. We're going to preview the match against Napoli. And we get into a little bit about the team, the mentality, um, all that good stuff. Uh, but first, before we go on, have to thank the wonderful sponsors of this episode, Euro Fantasy League. To check out their City A fantasy game, go to fantasycityah.com. Or if you just go to Euro Fantasy League, you can read a variety of articles from authors and journalists such as myself, Chloe Beresford, David Amoyel, uh, a variety of names um, across European football, not just City A. Um, and also check out their Champions League football game at fantasy-champions-league.com. Also have to thank the wonderful patrons that we have on Patreon. If you would like to become a patron of the podcast and support us, you can get early access to the episodes and extra episodes as well. Go to patreon.com slash Roma Press or go to the support page at aromapress.us. All right, so just going to jump into it right now. It's a very, very long episode with Andy and I, um, so I hope you enjoy. Okay, Andy is with me. Roma 3, Sesca 0. What were your initial thoughts, Andy? Um, I'm assuming you were pretty pretty happy, especially given what we saw at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I was I was happy at first, but then this happiness turned into um some it, w- it turned into some pretty bad anger because I was very upset at uh at how this team team, team played uh compared to the weekend, how what we saw on the pitch yesterday and what we saw on the pitch uh against Spal uh it was basically the same team and yet Two completely different performances, which on one hand, you know, is rewarding and exciting to see, but on the other hand, is very frustrating. Yeah, I'm writing something, something similar. Um, you know, this is clearly a, this is clearly a mental issue. This is clearly a mindset issue. This is clearly an attitude issue. Is that? The fault of Di Francesco is that the fault of the players? Is that everybody's fault? I mean, if they played like that at the weekend, they beat Spal three, four, five to nothing. And the thing that annoyed me most was just the attitude. You can just see how much more different they play. I mean, it, it, we brag on him a lot. We we criticize him quite a bit. Um, El Shadawi yesterday played very very well and then i see him against spal just looking like a a a a child a petulant upset child who things aren't going his way and he's just going to get angry and jekko's the same way i can you explain this at all because i can't i'm out of answers well first of all the blame it goes to everybody it goes to to the players and to the coach and i think by now it is pretty evident that the market has nothing to do uh, with um, with our performances. Players that were sold or players that are bought are not the the um, the main focal point of this problem. The problem of this Roma is clearly the attitude, clearly the fact that Roma are 
unable to prepare uh, for these Serie A games against these minor teams uh, like they do in um, against the Champions League uh, teams. Uh, and this is purely mental. And this means that on one hand, the players are not motivated. And on the other hand, it means that the coach is unable to motivate them enough. Because Di Francesco basically says the same things all over again, even after yeah. this game. You know, again, he said character, we need a, a different mindset, a different attitude. So he keeps repeating the same stuff. But what matters is what goes on in that locker room. You know, what does he tell them before a game like Spal? How does he prepare a game like Spal compared to how does he prepare a game like Seska? Uh, it's it's mind-boggling to me because the the team the team was the same basically the whole starting lineup was pretty much like against Spal. Uh, the tactics weren't that much different, and yet we find this completely different performance, uh, completely different team. I don't know. Yeah. So for the article I'm writing, I'm writing about why they have such drastic. Champions League versus City A home form, especially. So their home form since last season, upon the arrival of Di Francesco, 13 wins, seven losses, four draws. I mean, that is terrible. That's terrible. That is th- that's like that's some sort of relegation stuff. That's that's uh, the lower the teams on the lower side of the table. That, that's, that's that's the that's record table. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's horrible. And then in the Champions League, we all know what it is by now, 7-0-1. I, I mean, there's just no explaining this. There's none. None. The, the, and the thing is that, we, I mean, even considering this Roma, how, how bad they've been defensively against these smaller teams, and yet we, we conceded nothing at home, uh, both against uh, Pilsen, which, okay, might not seem like a, a big deal. But, you know, yesterday, Seska, uh, they're a young team, but they're very talented. Yesterday, they, you know, they gave us a run for our money in the in the first opening 20 minutes. Uh, then in the second half, they, they, they had some good good looks. Uh, Olsen was tested. Olsen was fantastic, by the yeah. way, yesterday. Fantastic. That's, that's true. I, apart from one mistake where he pushed the ball a bit too, yes. too on the weak side, but right. that's it's still. But the point is that you know it's we didn't concede something that hasn't happened with with Kievo or Spal, and I don't think those teams are 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 better than Seska uh, in no. terms of 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 players, in terms of playmaking, in terms of attacking. And it's it's infuriating. Um, it's very infuriating, especially. Um, I mean, look at the table: Atalanta fourteenth, um, Spal at the time sixteenth, Kievo twentieth. Uh, seven points lost against them. Roma uh, currently on fourteen. If they had seven points, if they had those seven points back, you take a look at the City A table; they are level with Napoli. So. Uh, you know, it, it's self-explanatory as to how terrible their home form is, how terrible their performances has been. Listen, you can live, you know, I, I, I can live with a loss uh, on, you know, on the road to Bologna. Um, it's not a good result, obviously, but I can live with it. What I can't live with is seven drop points at home against teams that are just shit. 
just shit. And, you know, we always go through it in the spring. We look at the points we lost earlier in the season. You'd say, oh, well, that match, that match, that match. This is where we'd be in the table. I mean, we're in, we're doing that in fucking October. Yeah. It's October. And, and it's not even that we, we've conceded a goal because of, a, of an individual mistake. I mean, you look at that first half against Atalanta. We were completely, we were not in that game. Atalanta no. were running us. And same goes for uh, Kievo in the second half. We completely, we, we basically left the pitch uh, after that first half. Uh, same against Spal. Spal were dominating. It's uh, and you you see that this team has the ability to do good. You you we yeah. saw yesterday. I mean, those three goals. I I couldn't have been more happy uh, with those two those three goals because they all came from uh, from playmaking from team right. play i mean the first first goal was 29 touches uh with... that that worked goal was beautiful and something we just don't see anymore when i mean we... they just don't do it i mean it was beautifully worked in the final third i couldn't believe it and the last time we had 29 touches and that led to a goal was against barcelona uh, so again it's champions league game uh, a whole different ball game, a whole different level of football, and suddenly they bring out their best qualities. And yes. and this is this is what infuriates me the most because a team, for example, like Napoli, they play every game the, the same way. They 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 just play the, their game. It doesn't matter against who. It can be a, a, a Spal and it can be Liverpool, but they're gonna do the stuff that they do best. And yet Roma are, are go completely shambles when a team sits back. Uh, when a team sits back, they don't know what to do. Their no. passing becomes stale. Yesterday, the ball was moving. Everyone was... I mean, if you look at the third goal uh, of Under, why does he have all the space? Because uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini just sucks in the defense moving forward, leaves him completely wide open. And it's, again, something we don't see in these re- regular season games. And uh, to anybody who was, you know, saying, ah, we sold the- this guy, we brought in this guy. Well, this team can manage, even with those, you know, decisions that you may disagree with, they're still a good football team. They're just not showing it. Yeah, I... I... I mean, I, I watch uh, the derby between Inter and Milan. I just have such a hard time believing Milan is better than Roma. And obviously, being a Roma supporter, it's going to sound like I'm biased, which, duh. I mean, obviously, I am. But I, I just I have a hard time believing that this Roma is not one of the top four sides in Italy. And they just don't play like it every single match, which is the most frustrating part. You know, people say, you know, what, what's, what's it going to take for Roma to catch Juve? I mean, and people point to things like the stadium, the money, corporate sponsorships, all that stuff. And that, yeah, obviously that's important. But it's Juve go out and the way they play is the same every single match. It doesn't matter if it's against a small Frozenone. It doesn't matter if it's against Manchester United on the road. They, they, They approach it professionally. They give everything on the pitch. And then when they're down, they don't get too down. They don't pout. And when they're winning, they don't sit back and and get complacent. 
they step on your throat and they make you beg for mercy. And that is what Roma have never had. Okay. They just don't have that. But and it's it's Roma in all its history. Uh, people, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Pe- people tend to act like this team has won God knows how many trophies, but Roma have won very little because it's basically a pure a, a mental thing. It's a mental thing. It's hard to explain, but it's a mental thing. And I think, of course, uh, you know, the money and uh, the big names, because you, if you see, you know, if you watch Napoli's uh, season last year, they were brilliant. Uh, they were just as good as Juve, but in the crucial moments um, when, you know, injuries or something happened, they they didn't have the, the, the extra man off the bench. They didn't yes. have the, I don't know, Juan Cuadrado instead of if, if Dybala goes down or Costa goes down. I mean, if you look at Juve, they have basically three units. Other teams don't have that depth. And obviously, at some point in time, it's going to matter. But Roma, in order for them to be able to be ready whenever Juve's downfall happens, if it happens... They need to work on the mentality first, and it's it's just something you have to get right. It's not it doesn't have to do anything with you know with the market or the the money, the stadium. It's a mental thing. They have to, I don't know. And and there there comes the point where you have to wonder, maybe we need to invest big money into a really good coach because. Others, other, I mean, what are you gonna do to to improve this situ to the, improve this mental situation? Because I don't see any other way. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I tweeted this out. You know, I, I wish it was just a a single problem. Uh, Roma are slow on the wings, or Roma, uh, they're they're weak through the middle. Okay, well, we get a player and we fix that. Um, they have so many problems, and yeah, we're excited about yesterday, but. I mean, the coach, the manager, we, we have to say it. I mean, he is, the, he is part of this problem. Yes, the players are to blame, but Di Francesco is part of this problem. And part of me thinks that, you know, a well-drilled tactician like Conte would never allow any of this to happen. And maybe he wouldn't. Um, but, I mean, some of the names are seen like Blanc or I don't know who else. I haven't seen any other names. To be yeah, honest. I mean, Blanc. none of them really get me excited and like, oh, well, that's the that's the man to fix the situation. It, it's just, I mean, their problems are not something that a market can fix. They they just can't. They just can't. Uh, I mean, uh, what, Roma's last success was with two very very good coaches. One was world class Capello, and obviously he had some very good players. And the, the the second one was early Spalletti, which I think was a, a great coach who managed to do a lot of things with a very thin squad in those years and uh, with a lot of injuries, a lot of backups. But it just goes to show that if you want to have some sort of success, and it doesn't even need to be related to trophies, it just needs to be related to the fact that you're competing, that you're a team that whenever... You play, you play to win. You are threatening the teams fear you because right now teams like Spal, teams like Kevo, they come to the Olimpico, they don't give a shit. They're just they know something. They they know something is possible. They know they can get something out of this uh, this Roma team, 
meanwhile, in the Champions League, you get a lot of respect. Suddenly, uh, I remember in an interview, even Monchi said that after that Barcelona game, um, the world of football looks at Roma differently in the Champions League uh, meaning of the word. And it's true. I mean, you see these teams come to the Olympico. There is a, there is a sense of respect, of uh, not fear, but still a bit intimidation. And, and this doesn't happen in Serie A. And Roma must be able to balance these competitions. Yeah, and, you know, Di Francesco has been hinting at stuff happening behind the scenes. I'm sure everybody has read about the situation with Zaniolo, um, Luca Pellegrini, and who was the third arriving late for a Under. tactics session? No, it was, Und- it was Under, yeah. Under. Yeah, yeah. I, those three arriving late for a, a, a tactical session. And uh, obviously you can't blame it solely on that, but it's just little things like that where I think they lack players who, who are, you know, the, the, the campioni, you know. They, they need champions like that. And I think that is so obvious because look at how they play when Terossi and Zonzi, Kolarov, Dzeko are on the pitch versus when they're not. It, 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 it looks like uh, just a team without a head when they're not on the pitch. Yeah, true. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it might not be solely that, but I feel like there's something there. I. I don't I th- know what I think it is. there is more. I think there. It's more. I, the, I think the the Rossi's presence is is much more valuable than say Jekos or Colors from. A, yeah, a, I, I agree. The team and, spirit. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not even his performance because, especially in that first half, I didn't think no, the no, Rossi no, no, played no. that well no. anyway. No. Um, but I have to tell you, it's 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 pretty uh, damn terrifying that a thirty five year old is just a team is this reliant on a guy that's just so old um well i i know john but think about uh you imagine a juve without kellini uh you know it's it's that type of uh personality um not only skill wise because bonucci without kellini is is hopeless um but the whole team functions differently and the same happens to roma because it's not even that you know de rossi is a good player even though his age uh, has caused him some problems, etc. But it's the personality. I mean, De Francesco himself said that when he when De Rossi's playing, he's like a second coach. Right. Um, so uh, the, obviously, that's vital for a team like Roma that you know get and uh, start to panic whenever uh, the shit hits the fan. Sometimes, obviously, De Rossi has been the root of the problem in some games. For example, Porto or, you know, or Genoa when something would would just pop into his head and he would do something really stupid. But overall, yeah, this team functions differently when he's on the pitch. Yeah, and seeing how they play with De Rossi and Zonzi together is different. But now, we, we touched very briefly just upon the market. Um, I mean, who do you, you, those two have to play every single match? I mean, you you can't replace them. Uh, Cristante, when he came on yesterday, was terrible, just terrible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, but it, that was again one of those performances that, for example, you would see from Lorenzo Pellegrini last year. Right. See, it's the same. It's the same problem. It's the same problem with Schick. 
It's just that he's a guy who still hasn't found footing in this team. And wherever you'll, you'll place him, uh, he will immediately be, 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 be looked upon by the fans. You know, whatever the minimal touch. I mean, I remember when Pellegrini last year was getting booed by, for anything. Um, and now he's the hero because he's found his role. He's found a place in this team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the problem is, I think, two problems yesterday uh, were quite evident uh, with this team, uh, aside from the, the, the change in the spirit. One was the fact that, yeah, you have to find somebody to replace the Rossi. You, you have to find a CDM or, or a guy who just go, goes around and it presses up and, and strips the ball off, uh, off other players' feet. And the other thing is that Fazio is not a starter. No, Fazio is not a starter, and Manolas needs to have a, a, a starting teammate, uh, starting caliber teammate, because Fazio, uh, Marcano, Juan Jesus are not it. They're, they they may be good for a Coppa Italia game, they're not up to it. And yesterday just showed how good Manolas can be when he's later is laser focused. When he's he has all the duties on his back, I mean he was he was just in, invincible yesterday, and it just shows you that you know Monchi needs to do something about that spot. Yeah, and part of me was angry that Di Francesco did not take him off because he's just too valuable. Honestly, uh, I mean we just talked about Terosi, but if this team lost Manolas, um, I, I I don't even know where to begin. They'd be finished. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I I I feel that um, this this coming summer it will be a, a a pretty big clean out in that department. I don't see Juan Jesus still being at this club and making that sort of money for sitting on the bench. I don't see Fazio continuing the the career here because he's finished. It's not. He doesn't do anything right. It's not even that he has some redeeming qualities because right now he's not even uh, the the one defender that um, sets up the play. Manolas right now is the one who uh, receives the um, the largest amount of uh, balls in the defense, and he's the one who coordinates the play and plays with the fullbacks. Fazio yesterday was absolutely terrible. And put the whole team on on the on the back foot. Um, it just it looked whenever he touched the ball, you you feel just insecure, and that's something you did not feel with Fatsu in his first year at Roma, um, and you started to see last year. And this year, it's pretty evident that something needs to be done. Yeah, something has to be done. Um, although I, I I wouldn't be opposed to Fatsu remaining here. Um, in in sort of that third choice role, or if uh, Di Francesco opted to go to three at the back again, putting him at the middle. Uh, in his press conference, Di Francesco really lauded his professionalism, which which is great. I, I mean, yeah, it's great. But, but if that, I mean, if that's as you mentioned, your only redeeming quality, that that probably means that you're not doing too well on the pitch. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I have to say, and from what I saw from him yesterday. Uh, Davide Santon again, good. Olsen again, very good. Um, Florenzi is coming on well. 
You mentioned it, I, I believe, during the match you tweeted it, but in Zonzi is just the, the classy ooze is, is just so just immense. I can't believe people actually tried to convince themselves that he <laughs> that Kevin Stoutman was as good or better than this guy. Yeah, it's and I really I really like this partnership. When it works, it works brilliantly. This yes. partnership between I, I and it, it even looks like De Rossi is extremely comfortable with Nzonzi. Like for the first time in a while, uh, De Rossi looks like he knows he can rely on this second guy. You know, like usually even last year, whenever, for example, Lorenzo Pellegrini would drop in uh, deep with uh, De Rossi because, I don't know, Raja was injured or Strotman was injured or something, or even Paredes with Spalletti, De Rossi always played with that sort of attitude that whenever that guy does something wrong, he will be there to clean clean it up. And here we have, I have the impression that De Rossi knows he is dealing with a player that is very mature, very experienced, very calm, and they just play off each other, play off each other very well. Uh, short passes, just they know where it, where the other one is, and it's it's great to see for Roma, which has struggled with its midfield for a long time. Yeah, and people, um, and and I guess I could understand because of his physical presence that people typically um, equate Inzonzi to this um, this destroyer, this guy who recovers a ball well, which he does do. I have to say though, tactically and technically, he is so much better than than what I thought because for a guy his size, he carries that ball so damn well. I, I'm shocked at his ability to play with the ball at his feet because he's so much better than I thought he'd be. Oh, I'm uh, at the ball of, at his feet, and also off the ball. I lo- I love his off the ball movement. He just moves everywhere in the midfield. He could be. Uh, he, I mean, yesterday I don't know even how many counter attacks were stopped by him. He would just press up and 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 stop the 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 attacking opponent. It's it's a luxury to have him. It's just now it's it's a matter of of finding the guy that can fill in De Rossi's uh, shoes whenever De Rossi cannot do it. Um, you know, we saw yesterday. I mean, he was the guy was playing on painkillers uh, yeah. at, at the age of yeah. thirty five. You know, right. that's not ideal. That's not ideal. This and uh, you know he has what a year of of contract left in him probably. Um, something needs to be done but i'm just so glad you know you have this even even i mean you look at di francesco and his choices and from the get go when once zonzi was recovered after the world cup he just put them out there and he was he just was this became this solid piece in his starting lineup no matter yeah. what happens that's exactly what you want from your midfielder that no matter what happens, no matter how badly this, this team performs, you're not moving him. You you just keep filling out him out there. You you keep playing him. You keep giving him minutes. He builds a, a, a position in this team. You know, he, he's not that old. He's what twenty nine. He he yeah. can still have uh, some some years in this club. So it's nice to see him building up a, a presence in this team. Yeah, and they complement each other so well. It really, I mean, obviously vastly different players at the time, but 
I have to say, because those are the first two that, you, you know, they're like guaranteed to be in the team. It, it does remind me of back, God, like 12 years ago when it was De Rossi and Pizarro uh, playing okay. in that 4-2-3-1 under Spalletti. I mean, they just complemented each other so, so well. Um, and it, it's nice to see. I thought You're absolutely right about Nzonzi, about him. Um, he's just one of those guys that you know you're going to get just a very – steady performance no matter what i mean against spal he was not even remotely near the problem um it's it's that sort of performance and that sort of professionalism that i wish uh stefan el shadawi had um it's just you you hope at some point it emits to everybody else so to fast forward napoli is this weekend and I, I got to be honest. I, I don't even know who they play, how they play. It, it's, I mean, El Shadawi, again, he was terrible against Spal. Yesterday, I thought he was good, but he goes through those stretches in a match where he's just unwatchable because he's so bad. I, I just, ugh, it sounds bad, but I, I don't know if I have it in me to watch him again. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, I think we will have to watch him again. Yeah, because Clivert is injured. Clivert uh, is injured. Perotti is injured, injured as well. Uh, so, and uh, also, pro, I, I I remember seeing yesterday Sheik hobble a little after he, he got a knock on his leg. I don't know if that was serious, but uh, I, I think he will be the starter. I also, it's this is very interesting. And uh, in the Roman newspapers, uh, even uh, our friend Alessandro Austini was saying that it is possible that against Napoli we're, we'll cover ourselves. So, meaning we'll play with uh, um, Florenzi uh, as a I'm winger and, and yeah, and, no, and and uh, Santon as the as the um, right back. Right, so, right. So you know and. Uh, Maybe it will work. I don't know. I, I I just it would be nice to see again a Roma team that knows that you know they need to do good. Uh, a Roma team that is hungry. I expect to see the same thing from from uh, Jeko. Who I mean, you just I cannot I, I cannot believe. What a roller coaster! It's the same it's, player who missed a a five just, uh, a five yard sitter the what, other what, at the I weekend. Mean, I mean, what the, that second goal? It was a first touch goal right into the corner of the net, and it's perfectly it, placed, perfectly <laughs> placed, calmly Perfect. taken, and you wonder where was this guy against Spal? It's uh, it, this is the epitome of Roma. You know, you 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 see a completely different team one game, and it's it's just and it, these are the players. I mean, he was there, he was playing, he was fine, he was healthy. He complained about the grass not being too short or too yeah. long because he missed that shot. It ridiculous. And then he goes on and has this sort of performance, you know, because it's it's the Champions League. Well. I expect him uh, against Napoli at the San Paolo to, uh, you know, to 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 match this same attitude. Because I mean, do we remember his last match uh, at the San Paolo? At I the mean, San Paolo, yeah. A, 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 a 20, 25 yard curling shot with his left foot into the corner of the net. I, yeah, yeah. I, that... I can't, for the life of me, understand what what goes through this guy's head. I mean. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but on Sky Sport after the match, they asked him the same thing, and he didn't really have an answer for it. He just said, we all have to improve and find continuity, which they've been saying for 
Ugh. two months now, and I'm yeah. tired of hearing it. So what, you know, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, find it, and I'm just, I'm so tired of it. Because, and this is why I'm, I always look at the Jekyll numbers a bit with, um, a bit upset because he's had 80 goals in 150 appearances. Should be 100 goals. I mean, exactly. Exactly. I mean, imagine if this guy was focused game in, game out. He would be one of the best number nines in the world. But unfortunately, he he doesn't have that. He he approaches every game differently. And you never know really what, what, what you're going to get out of him. So, I mean... The first, the the first year with Spalletti, once Garcia, the the first year with Spalletti, when we uh, we played the Europa League, he he was absolutely incredible in the Serie A, and he was chasing chasing that goal record, and he got it. Yes. So he was fighting for that. Then last year, he was amazing uh, in the Champions League, and he was one of the highest scorers in the Champions League. And this year, it seems like again he's. He's actually more prone to to perform in the Champions League rather than in normal competitions. And yeah, I think this year he's the second highest scorer in the competition for, right for a, 2018. Yeah, right after Cristiano Ronaldo with right. 14, with 14 goals. Uh, it's I don't know. It's it, it, I'm on one hand I'm pleased. On the other hand, I, I cannot help but feel just frustrated with the with this sort of attitude because you expect a, a, from a, such an experienced player to to realize that you know this team needs me it doesn't matter if it's against spal or if it's against real madrid this team needs me so i got to play yeah and it's confusing to me too because one of the reasons why he wanted to leave manchester city was because he didn't get that he didn't have the uh playing every single week every single match even call it off to an extent. They didn't feel important, and now it's like you're too. You know, you're 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 arguably the most important player to this team. They can't go anywhere with you, and it's just so um, disheartening to see him miss five yard sitters against Spal, but then go out in the Champions League and just dominate because that's what he does. He dominates. Dominates, and it's not even about goals. It's about how he. I mean. Look at his performance, for example, against Chelsea at Olimpico last year, where he completely destroyed Chelsea's defense with his movement, with his hold-up play. And and yesterday was the same thing, you know, the beautiful uh, headed pass to, to open up for, for Under. Um, and you don't see that in, in the regular season games. It seems like he lacks that drive, and that's what separates him from those really good strikers like like Aguero, the guy who took his place at Manchester City. There's a guy who will perform no matter what, no matter where. Um, and, and Dzeko has all the qualities, but it's just mental mental stuff. It's it's not it's it doesn't have to do anything with the skills or with the team. The the team plays the same the team plays for you just he needs to understand that he needs to be the man yeah and it's sort of like with that also it's a little disheartening that a team is so reliant on one player but i mean when that player performs to the level that he did yesterday or you know when you know chelsea both legs your team's overall level is just so much higher so what do you expect then at the weekend against Napoli, because I, I, I got to be honest with you, I, 
I don't know what the hell to expect. Well, to be honest, I'm shitting my pants. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really... <laughs> it's because, because we're going to face a really good team. And Very we're gonna, good team. We're going to face a really good team, and I don't expect that tonight's result, whatever it may be, whether they win or lose, will influence anyway the, the, the game against Roma, because that's what separates right now, I think, Roma from Napoli. It's that Napoli have a coach, Napoli have a team that know how to just look past a game. Uh, I mean, you, the way Napoli lost that game at Juventus Stadium that they were leading, you would yeah. think, okay, now they're going to have a mental block and they're going to go on a on a on a nothing run. They're going to draw or they're going to lose. No, they go on a winning streak and they're playing beautiful football and it doesn't matter what happened at the Juventus Stadium. Roma, on the other hand, would be completely left in shambles. And it's, I I think it's going to be a very difficult game. And it it all depends from Di Francesco, really. And I still think that he is under the spotlight uh, because you cannot have a team that does these sort of up-and-down performances, not if you're a coach that wants to keep his job at the end of the season. No, and, I, you know, really the only, <laughs> believe it or not, for as, you know, as shit as Roma have been, they're only four points from fourth behind Lazio. Um, five points behind Inter for third. So, really, that's the only saving grace of this season so far that Roma have been shit, but other teams have been shit as well. I mean, Milan have been shit. Um, Lazio have not been good at all. Inter have 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 dropped points uh, to teams that they shouldn't. Sassuolo comes to mind. Um, so, as bad as the situation is, it's not irreversible. So part of me understands why Palotta wouldn't want to make a change. But another part of me is like, we've seen the situation. Um, now, we were in the similar situation last year. Maybe he can do the same. But uh, I, I just don't know how all of this ultimately ends. Because if we get to December or January, the winter break, and... There's six, seven, eight points from a Champions League place. I would think that you almost have to sack him. I, I don't know how you could keep him. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you remember last year's game at Napoli, that game came after a, 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 like a number of shitty, pathetic performances. If I'm, if I'm correct, right? That I remember that that game of uh, against Napoli where we won four to four two. Yeah. Uh, it was after I don't I don't remember if it was like a, a um, or maybe it was those two losses against Samp. Uh, yeah, so they they um, that's so that match was right after they lost two to zero at home against Milan. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 we remember that match. I mean, that match was terrible. Terrible, and then they go on and win against Napoli at Napoli. Uh, and in the fashion that they won, meaning they controlled every aspect of the game. So yeah, and now, now, in fairness, that was a match where Alisson had at least four to five crucial saves. However, Roma could have also had five, two yeah. or three more goals. We bossed it. That game was, was the, the, again, uh, just a mind-bending performance from a team that looked like they, they were just falling to pieces. And... So it's not it's not a symptom of 
this season's Roma. It's a symptom of Di Francesco's Roma. It's a symptom of uh, of a team that just is unable to approach every game the same way. And that's what is 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 the most challenging probably aspect for a coach that is fighting to keep his job. You know, how will he communicate to his team? that they need to get their shit together because right now it's going to be against Napoli and then against Fiorentina and you must approach these two games like it's the final. Yeah, and then we have to say that so their their next so this next little bunch of matches they have Napoli away, Fiorentina away, Sesca away and then uh, Sampdoria at home and then they have the international break. Now, part of me thinks that if they lose two out of these next four, he, he he's gone. Um, almost 100% because that allows you time to potentially bring in a new manager before you play away to Udinese. So I agree. So part of me thinks that these next four matches are, are the, 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 the last stand to Di Francesco, so to speak, that either do well here or you're gone because, Roma's biggest mistake with Garcia was they had uh, the the Christmas break. They brought him back for one or two matches, and then they sacked him. So they were learning um, very quickly with Spalletti, which I would assume they want to avoid. So you so you said you were shitting your pants for this match. So so I assume you you expect for it to end pretty poorly. Uh, right. <laughs> I wish I could just. I, I wish I, I I knew what I really felt, how I really felt about this game. I think yes. I think we are going to lose, or we're going to have a very very tough time because we're just facing a very good team, and um, in in at their you know in their environment, and um, right now Roma is mentally fragile, uh, and you don't want to face. I mean. Or maybe, I don't know, that's the point. Do you want to face a, a, a challenging team like Napoli right now or, or you don't? Because against the smaller teams, you've been terrible. But what about, you know, what about Napoli? Um, I don't I don't remember uh, expecting any sort of result against Lazio and yet look at what, what happened. So I don't know, is, 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 is the game against Napoli a good wake-up call for this team? Are they going to feel challenged? I hope so. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't even know what to think because, as you mentioned, for the small sides, they clearly don't get up. You know, part of me hopes that maybe Napoli are, 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 are overlooking this match um, against Roma and maybe have all their focus to, um, to tonight when they play PSG. Maybe that's the only hope they can have. I mean... Clearly, right now, Napoli are, are are much much better. I the thing that worries me most is the managerial difference between the two sides. Is just it's it's more than a golf. It's it's a it's a it's a canyon. I mean, Ancelotti, regardless of what you know people think of him, um, he's still a very 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 good manager and. Part of me thinks that what Roma lack right now is one of those well-drilled managers who have been through situations like this. And in some cases, that's where, you know, the real difference in results can be is with a manager who's been through this before and can transmit 
his attitude to the team because part of me thinks that this this Roma side are so up and down is because Di Francesco just doesn't have a good handle on the team. I don't think he does. From all the reports, from every newspaper, from all the journalists that have been speaking about it, there is a lot of confusion in the locker room. And it, it's pretty evident when on one game he puts uh, he, he puts Clivert in the stands and then the next game he plays him as a, as a starter and then he says that, you know, uh, the youngsters are not performing well or, you know, that the results depend also from the fact that the youngsters have a starting role in this club. And then you see Under playing uh, and having a great game. And it, it's, it's, it seems like there is a co- lot of confusion, a lot of just a lack of control over, over the players. And, um, you know, it's... And Ancelotti came into Napoli and and completely changed the fact that, for example, now Napoli are utilizing the their whole roster. Uh, yes, it, they're doing what they weren't doing with Sarri, which, as right. good as a coach as he was at Napoli, that's that was his big problem. He didn't believe in certain players. Ancelotti came in. He, he every game he's fielding out a, a, a new starting eleven or adding a, a new player, a less experienced player. Uh, he's been rotating the goalkeepers. He's been rotating the fullbacks. It's a team that is motivated to play. They they want to get their chance. They want to get their spot. With Di Francesco, you don't know why. Uh, even why, for example, yesterday we were up three nil. Uh, he brings and, that color off, and he brings on color <laughs> off, or 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 he doesn't take take off Jeko. I mean, it would it would have been nice to see Sheik as the striker instead of as a left winger, um, where obviously for nine minutes he couldn't do anything. And I I just I I'm, I hate talking about that side, but it's true. It's that sort of managerial side of the situation. He seems afraid to make certain decisions, and he seems to be too stubborn uh, to change certain aspects of his uh, of his idea of the football game. And instead, a good coach like Ancelotti, you know, he came into a, a smaller club compared to the previous ones, Bayern, Real Madrid, PSG. And and he has been great. He adapted really quickly, and he's been making all the right decisions, uh, utilizing the full potential of this team. And Di Francesco right now isn't, and that's what's holding Roma back. Yeah, I think so too. It's just again the biggest problem is is just I, I don't know who's out there other than Conte, and it's abundantly clear that Conte will not be arriving. I I, I don't even know. Who you could bring in? Um, you know, maybe I, I just hope someday. Uh, you know, because we didn't expect to see Ancelotti in Napoli's uh, bench. Right. We didn't at all. I mean, uh, for a long time it was these smaller names, and then suddenly Ancelotti popped up. It would be nice to for James Palotta one day to you know to realize that as much money as I've put in to get a lot of players. Uh, a lot of players that turned out to be great players. Maybe it's the it's the time to make a larger investment. Okay, I've got Monchi. He's he. The fact that he got Monchi is also great. I mean, I remember when you were talking about it, uh, the the year we brought in Monchi, and that it was a big important decision. 
And in fact, it was. It was a, a step in the right direction. But I think in order to complement that, Palota needs to realize that maybe it's the time to splash some money onto the, 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 the managerial bench. Um, because Roma have tried everything and it's clearly not working. So, Yeah, I... I agree. And that was obviously one of the reasons why DiFranchesco was ultimately chosen. I mean, his wages are still, even with uh, his renewal after last season, still very, very small. All right. So do you want to give a prediction then for this weekend? Uh, Other than you're potentially shitting your pants. <laughs> I will say, I will say, I will say two to nothing for Napoli. Oh God. Okay. Well, that's, Depressing. Uh, well, what, do you figure a, a, a team with Fazio as the starting center back will be able to keep off those uh, that trio of uh, Napoli? Uh, no, I. <laughs> Jesus, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, the problem is, you know, last time this club went through this, it was starting right around this time last year, where they went on that terrible run. Um, you know, they dropped points to such terrible sides and the thing about T. Francesco it's happened twice now you know you know the the moment you think he's done and out yes. uh, he just he turns it all around and I I have no answer or no rationale or just no 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 read on how the hell to figure him out I mean remember last season during, during the winter they had who did they so they they won god it was early in the season so they I'm just going to pull it up because now it's going to piss me off. Um, <laughs> okay, so they lost to Juve. Uh, oh, yeah. Sassuolo. yeah. Sassuolo, Atalanta. No. Uh, yes. And yes. then Drew entered. Uh, Drew Santoria lost to Santoria. Yeah. Jesus. And then they go on this yeah. they, they go on this run. They beat uh, uh, Verona, Benevento, Udinese. They lose to Milan. But then they, they, they beat Napoli. They beat Torino. They beat Crotone. And it's just like... I, yeah, he, yeah, what the made, fuck, man? But that was also well, you know, if you remember Inter from that time. I mean, Inter couldn't get while we were yeah, losing. Yeah, they were just as bad. They, they just as bad ahead of Roma. That's true, exactly. So it all depends. It all it not only depends on uh, from Di Francesco and the boys, but it also depends from uh, the other teams. You see how Lazio uh, keep performing in the Europa League and in Serie A, how Inter will manage to keep their uh, keep their run going in Serie A and in the Champions League. It's there is a lot of factors going in. Will 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 Milan wake up? Because Milan are also there. I mean if you look at who we have around us, uh, Genoa is right behind us uh, with with yeah, one with with one less game, Samp is behind us. Fiorentina is behind. It's it's we are running for our lives here, and Roma need to get it right. Yeah, but still, it's only four points from a Champions League place. Is I, I I just maybe sometimes we need perspective where it's like you've mentioned it before. This club doesn't and hasn't won a lot. Um, I mean, even if you look at our Champions League qualification run. I mean, this is the best run that the club have had in decades. Yep. I mean, uh, obviously in the, in the early two thousands, they had that run where they kept finishing second, 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 second. And then, but then there would be a season after they finished second Spalletti, they'd finish like six or seventh. So um, it's hard. 
the thing with DiFrancesco is just when you think he's done, they come back from the dead. So (laughs) I don't know if they're dead right now or if they're going to keep performing like shit. Um, But part of me thinks that it's the, he's at the final straw because he survived last season through the winter. He survived um, through the, through the fall of this season with that very poor early run. Now they're in a bad moment. Will they get out of it quickly? Because again, this team cannot afford to miss out on Champions League football. So if they lose to Napoli, if they lose to Fiorentina, part of me thinks he has to be done. But I don't know. Maybe they Obviously. win though. Yeah, I thought I thought if if he lost yesterday and missed out on going through, uh, um, then he would have been done. I thought if yesterday Roma lost, uh, he would have been done. So that's why I still think he's on the hot seat. Yeah, if, but. So, so you think that, and then they do a performance like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's I don't true. even know anymore. I know, but right now, uh, right now, okay, we got the Champions League game off uh, our backs, and right now it's Serie A, and 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 he has to do something. I I need to see a team that reacts and not only keeps up a good level against you know against uh, an opposition that they like you know you you have sure. to you still you still have to play Frosinone you still have to play all these shitty teams i know it's unbearable i know you this team hates going away or even at home hosting these smaller crappy teams that sit back and are boring to play with but this is the way it is and it's depressing to see not only the old players uh not wanting it playing with no drive but also to see youngsters completely rattled by by the pressure i don't know what it is they just these the, cristante looks so poor guy so uncomfortable uh, same goes for Sheik. we know that same goes for luca pellegrini against spa you know that at the minimum minimal error uh, in this club everything breaks up around you so it's this team must come together as a unit and and keep a good run going. It's it must happen. Yeah, it has to happen. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up here, and hopefully that 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 run comes starting this weekend. So, uh, everybody, thank you for listening, and and we will uh, talk to you after the match against Napoli. Fingers crossed. All righty. Ciao.